Hi, welcome to Suplex the Sticks, a gaming podcast hosted by David and Seth. It's me, the oh. spooky ghost. Oh no. oh no, he's back. He's back from season one, or year one, whatever we, we call it. Suplex welcome, year one. Welcome, spooky ghost. And Ooh. the show's also hosted by Forrest. Howdy. How's it going, guys? It goes. I had a vacation in the woods, in a cabin in the woods. Ooh. We That's my not- line. <laughs> That's my line. We we did not find a box that opened up the earth or anything like in the movie Cabin That's in the a Woods, shame. which is my favorite Halloween movie. You so mean like a it. coffin? Yeah, well, yeah, or like one of the puzzle boxes. Well, like or like a Pandora's box of sorts. Yeah. Oh, Pandora's box. Or a pandemic's box. Oh, oh. No, 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 no. Okay. Okay, spooky ghost, you're getting too topical. We got a what about a Demix box? A Demix from Kingdom Hearts. Oh, oh. yes, that box. Um, all right, we we said we're gonna play a spooky game, and unlike last year where we touched around to playing Blair Witch and then none of us ever did, we dedicated and played Resident Evil Seven. At least two of us did. Hey. But Forrest has experienced it by watching Let's Plays. And I have stuff. also played it. I just have not completed it. Yeah. But you know everything that happens. Yeah. Um, so we are going to spoil Resident Evil 7. How old is this game? It's 2016, four? I think. Yeah, so four years old. So if and and by the way. Most of the tension in this game is kind of, I don't want to get too far ahead, dissipated by the REA trailer. Um, so, you know, we're going to talk about playing Ooh. Resident Evil, well, we, we played Resident Evil 7. Uh, Seth, you did complete this game, right? I did. You did. Spooky Ghost, you did complete this game. Um, yes. <laughs> Uh, what what's your initial thoughts? Did you did you enjoy play? You're not a horror fan per se, so no, I am not. I did for the mo- for the most part enjoy this game. There are some the, the stuff that I didn't enjoy wasn't because of the spookiness of it. Um, and on the whole, I actually didn't find the game to be all that scary. Um, outside of um a few moments and th- and those are really more i guess kind of when some when you don't really know what's happening it's kind of like a sense of dread i guess about that mm-hmm. um so entering like a new area you're not you don't know around which corners there go- there's going to be enemies or what kind of crazy hillbilly will be stalking you um <laughs> But I actually didn't find the the majority of the game to be all that scary. Um, surprisingly, I I think I equate scary and the sense of dread, which maybe yeah, is me same. over. Um, there a couple jump scares got me. This game. Yeah, doesn't... I was I was annoyed by the end, like the when I kept getting got by these wrote jump scares that i like i I knew something was coming yeah 
this game continues the jump scare tradition for me of an enemy busting through a wall and scaring me to the point that I need to pause the game because my yeah. heartbeat is becoming erratic. <laughs> yeah, those um, got me a couple times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I think what's the best is I found out... Um, I, I was going to stream this game on PC, and then I just decided while I was on the vacation to play it. And... So, uh, the reason I, I stream was going to stream is because I've learned that when I'm playing something scary or creepy, I like to vocalize what is happening. And so like I was telling Marianne, like, all right, I'm climbing up this ladder. She's going to be there. I'm going to climb up this ladder. She's going to be there. And then it wouldn't happen. And I'd be like, okay, I at least was preparing myself by vocalizing what may happen. And the worst parts about it, I was like, I'll stream it so I can do that for the crowd and for myself, so I'll be able to get through this. Um, and so, luckily, Marianne watched me for some of it. But and I listened to you. You for did some of it. Yeah, you. We we talked through um, what I think was actually one of the creepier parts of the game, which yeah. we can get to. Um, but I, I as a whole, also liked this game. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in the back half that we'll get into that I. Uh, wasn't a huge fan of. I thought that it actually was a stronger game when it was focusing more on the horror uh, aspects or or the like creepy aspects than the um, action aspects of the yeah. game. And so it it's not something that I I ever was like I'm gonna play this like it like you talk about Resident Evil in and out all the time. Yep, and it's good stuff, <clears throat> especially in the modern games. There's like I just was like I'm not like I'm not interested in playing it. But then, after playing this, I've really was like, okay, I'm gonna give eight a shot. Like I'll probably give eight a shot. Maybe not launch, but yeah. Um, so I want to go through. Um, I don't know how you want to go through this, Seth. But what's some of your like big highlights? Like what's some of your favorite stuff from like this game? Hmm. Um. That's a good question. I, I I thought the intro was very good, uh, and it, it was it did a very good job of like you show up at this house, um, looking for your wife Mia, and it just it it's it's interesting how you the game you you immediately come into this game with a mindset okay oh, this is a horror game, all of these things are around here going to scare me so I got to be on my guard and and it does. Th- these things at moments to sort of disarm that from you uh and and make it so where you think scary stuff is going to be coming from it doesn't end up doing that and and i think the game does a very good job at the beginning of kind of disorienting you in that way um and in that you don't really know at what point it's going to crank into high gear um and then it, it gets really weird uh and so i think it's it's a it's a very good from the beginning an escalation into the 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 game proper. Yeah. The the opening area uh really man, that that opening area sets a tone and then the are you are you talking fully up into meeting the family or are you just talking like that first initial house? The guest yeah, house. the the <clears throat> Yeah, the first, like, going through the guest house until you get to, like, 
the the big the famous dinner scene yeah uh, so one of my favorite things and i'm wondering how you adjusted to this seth because you've never played resident evil before um but the the aspect of backtracking and the puzzles and stuff like that um it was really nice as someone like i played resident evil one two and three back on playstation one and that's kind of why i've never gone back and replayed the newer ones it's like ah, i could i know that they're probably great but like I know, I know what happens. And so it's just hard to make me replay it. Um, so like, I love the puzzle and finding things and not fully knowing what they're for all the time and having to figure that out. Um, the game does a good job of teaching you that in that first house while also delivering some weirdly horrific stuff with your wife. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, man, this is weird. This is a, the stuff going on <laughs> there is a lot to unpack. Um, a lot. Mia, yeah. Mia's a complicated character. Also, I don't, the, the game does a good job of not overexposing, or over, like, uh, not exposing, what's, um, like over explaining like it definitely uh i think a, a lot of that opening area helps from not knowing too much like you just know that you're looking for your wife and here she is and she's creepy yeah. and attacking you um, yeah you you really don't it, it really doesn't give you any information on until like the the last quarter of the game basically <laughs> yeah kind of you're you're reacting to what is happening and then after you've reacted to all that stuff then it's like okay this is why this was actually happening yeah the last uh, portion of I think, the game is I think a it does huge work. lore dump which is kind of the problem with the later end see i don't um i mean we can talk about that now yeah. i guess oh we uh, we can w work our way up I want to I want to work my way through because yeah. I I like the uh, the stuff with the family is my favorite part. Oh, same. So. Seth. Um, yes. When when you got to that house and you got your sick uh, Apple Watch um, after getting your hand <laughs> after getting your hand chopped <laughs> off. Um, how how did you feel the combat was? And how many times did you die to Mia in the attic? Oh man, um, I don't. Mm. I felt I died like three or four times. Yeah, I, I think I died four times. I, was... I don't think she. I don't think she killed me actually. Wow, of course, um, it's because you're so naturally good at video yeah. games. You're the best know. Resident it, Evil it, player here, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, but. The combat itself was not, it wasn't my favorite aspect of the game, let's put it that way. Um, yeah. And yeah. luckily it wasn't a super big part of the game either. Um, but uh, this kind of goes along with one of my biggest gripes about the game was the this quote-unquote boss encounters. So I guess Mia is kind of like the first one because you just have to, shoot bullets into her until you un, until you escape um they really 
outside of like the first time the kind of shock of okay i'm in this encounter and i don't really know um how i am to go about fighting off this inhuman creature that seems to be able to survive when i blow their head off um they're not really fun and it's just kind of like how long can you run around a little room without getting hit and for you to be able to pump enough bullets into them yeah um and so it was just kind of every time i got to one outside of the very first time it was like Ugh, this again um except for maybe the uh i don't i don't even know if the father um I don't know. All of the, the I, I the was going to say the, the the first father boss I think was had had interesting mechanics with the body bags and stuff, um, and then the chainsaw stuff. Like yeah. I thought, I thought that was a pretty unique one. But other than that, I agree with you. Um, yeah, and I and I think that that one at least it, cha- it there was like some different phases ish of that fight, but even still. It mostly ended up like it turns into you kiting him around the arena and getting him to attack in a way that won't hurt you so you can uh, rip into him with your chainsaw before you go move away from him. And um, and, and it's just like if if they had half the life that they do, it would it would amount to like the same experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I agree that was, with you on that. Um, so I think that. I I don't recall feeling that like disliking it that much when I first encountered Mia at the beginning, um, but I also don't really remember that that encounter that much. Um. So so after the guest house is when you get to the uh, the family scene, and that's when you get to what what in my opinion is where the game like really starts to. Uh, hit its stride like it's really feeling itself at this point yeah um and the the stuff it does with the family is some of the best it's the best stuff in the game in my opinion um you've got the this father um i can't like they just call him daddy and the father his name's jack Uh, his name is jack yeah um then there's marguerite and um eminem uh, Lucas. Lucas. Okay. Um, <laughs> Eminem. <laughs> Eminem. Uh, Marshall Mathers. And so uh, the, and then Grandma. Grandma, yeah. who oh. uh, may be the most terrifying character in the whole game. Yes. Uh, because she just can end up anywhere. And we get to, we understand why later. But um, yeah. So. You know, I actually found her random appearances to be kind of comforting. <laughs> yeah. What? Like yeah, just... yeah. Just because, like, the game, it doesn't let you, like, attack her. You, yeah, it doesn't. You basically can't no, pull I, the trigger yeah. on her. You can't and even so, aim at her. Yeah, and so anytime she's there, it, it kind of, I guess subconsciously I knew... Okay, this isn't there isn't a combat encounter around. Oh, okay. I did not have that experience. Um, um What? Yeah, so when you get so after the uh dinner scene, um and after the garage fight with Jack, um you get access to the to the rest of the main house. Uh I saw 
her through one of the windows that like you had to use a scorpion key to get into the room yeah but i looked in through one of the windows while jack was chasing me and i was just like what are you doing in there like <laughs> like i got other things to focus on right now but yeah it was not a comforting time for me to say the least i want to talk about that garage fight uh seth because <laughs> i was talking to Forrest about yeah. this i need to know did you drive the car to kill jack yeah, so I got in the car and I, I I tried to use it to escape at first, and but then I was like, "Why is this here?" And so yeah, eventually I just started driving Running over him. Over. How? I never got in the car. I didn't. I didn't know you could, and so I ran out of bullets and just knifed him while he's doing like <laughs> swirls stuff. around me. Yeah. So I'm knifing this man in a car. You madman! It was. I had the bullets. Really? So, because there's like a unique scene with him crashing the car yeah and so becoming I, incapacitated yeah so i told david about this um when him and i were talking the other night while playing that jack will jump on the hood of your car or not the hood the roof uh after you well, hit he him rips up. the roof off yeah he rips the roof off yeah he rips it off starts like controlling the wheel and like the gas pedal and stuff he crashes y'all and he like sits down in the passenger seat next to you he gets impaled by a steel beam uh the car gets on fire and explodes and he's just staring at you the whole time yeah that's not what i got dang brother that's not what i got at all <laughs> yep you missed out that's yeah. crazy on a truly unnerving scene <laughs> that just shows how much power this man has yeah um so that's not what i got at all nope. <laughs> um but that actually was really neat so i wonder how many other encounters can go different ways um, in this game i don't know of much but um the garage fight was cool the the oh my <laughs> gosh that was probably the most unnerving thing that happened in the game for yeah. me was the cop getting, getting his head shoveled yeah through uh, while he's standing in front of you i did not like that crazy not stuff a fan. it <laughs> looks so disgusting too yeah I thought it looked kind of dumb. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, just like it it didn't feel like it had a whole lot of impact like going through his skull. It See, d- it looked it, like it was just kind of went through jelly. It made me jump. So Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> I I got I got bothered. Um so then then after the garage fight, you open up the rest of the house. Um really amazing that this backwoods family figured out how to make doors that could open but with shadow keys yeah um really true there there is a piece of lore later on um where you can pick up a piece of paper and it like it's an engineering contract where they got people to set that up for them yeah also Um, lucas is not an idiot like he's a smart character yeah no he's a he's really smart yeah um so you go through the rest of the house. Um, you start to figure out that these people have rooms based on animals and bugs that you have to get keys for, uh, which lead to a lot of backtracking. It, it should be stated that you you get into the main house and it, it bears a striking resemblance to the mansion from Resident Evil 1. Yes, it does. Yeah, like, and so that, that was, like, I don't, I never played Resident Evil 1, but I, I know... Like, I've seen the way it looks. Yeah. And that was one of the things that, like, even walking it when I first walked into the 
the the hall of of the the house. I was like, huh, this 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 looks familiar to me. Um, and obviously that was intentional. Yeah. Um, it's it's like a a spiritual remake, you could say, of uh, Resi One. We'll we'll get into it. There's a lot of stuff that I. I've done like reading and lore dumps and stuff on wikis and it's this game does overall feel like a reboot of Resident Evil. Yeah. Um <clears throat> and so then we we get to the Jack fight that we talked about already. Um Seth, what do you think it was that he was wielding? Cuz I couldn't quite ever figure it out. At one point it looks like a pair of giant scissors with two chainsaws. Huge hedge clip. It becomes so, okay. Before we get there, um, we need to talk about how you you get into this house. You have to find these like this convoluted key to open this door to get outside. Uh, and one of the pieces of this key is downstairs in this crematorium, basically. Yeah. Um, and there are these. Uh, yes. So these aren't the... these are not zombies. No. They are. They're they're called molded. Yeah, they're they're um, Last of Us monsters. Yeah, but they're not mm. the like. <laughs> I don't right, know if I'd make that comparison. They're not, like they're not really plants. Right. There's, it's really tough. So I hard liquid. I, I have to imagine <laughs> that this there is lore here that explains the create like the. The reasoning behind the creation of these that is just completely beyond me. Oh, did you um, did you not get that piece? It it's uh, in the boat. It's in the boat later. Um like it, what they're made of? Yeah, they're made of yeah. mold. Yeah. She has a oh. way of creating mold. And that's why they're called the molded. Um which is a dumb name. Yeah. But um yeah. that's what they, they so are. Good. They are mold. Yeah. With teeth. I see. Yeah, they're like they kind of look like oh, they they actually remind me of and I'm and I'm trying to think what they look like. Um they look like, just the, like the way from the stranger things. Not really. <laughs> but like cuz their head doesn't open like a flower. They have yeah. kind of yeah. like these piranha mouths. Um and it's, it's it's very I don't I can't think of what it is, but it it has a very similar look uh to me to something that I can't remember. Damn. Um what do, what do you think about the the non-zombies of this game? They take a lot to kill. And if you do. don't backtrack and get the shotgun, uh, they're very difficult, yes. which is what I did. And so you end up knife fighting a bunch of them. Ooh. And it takes too long. And you get real mad. Once again, you are a madman. <laughs> well, resorting to your knife. I never, ever tried to knife them. Yeah. If I had no I'm bullets, not. I would leave the room yeah i also resorted to just pushing past them <laughs> at one point in the, the yeah, room with the engines that's like that's probably uh, the most effective way actually because yes. they don't move all that fast um unless, unless it saves your ammo unless it's the four leggy boys yeah the four oh. the crawly ones i and they can't open doors so uh and then if you get past them and move into another room and then you go back, they they've disappeared from the room. Yeah. So that was also great. Or like they've reset themselves. <laughs> I need to have a small confession for this game. Also, I played it all wrong. I think. <laughs> um, 
I did not learn that you could close doors. Yeah. <laughs> until Forrest said in our chat that you could push A to open doors. Oh, and then man. double tap it. That to was fully quite funny. It, which changed it. the entire boat experience for me because I was like, man, there's so many of these things and they're getting at me all the time. <laughs> Yeah, and you just have to close the door. Just oh. have to close the door. Oh, so it, it really, the first half of the boat, I was livid. I'm like, God, this is, I don't have ammo. Rough. I don't have ammo because I was the first part of the Mia thing. I'm your saving grace. Yeah, David. you saved. <laughs> I mean, I still have qualms about the second half of the game. Yeah, but that's crazy. You, you helped. I, I elevated your quality of life when it comes so to the game. I didn't close any doors uh, until the boat. I just want you that's, to know this. That's insanity. That I don't know how insanity. that you even did that. I ran. Doors were like my greatest weapon in the whole so, game. Yeah. So also, the molded, if they reach a door that they're... This is real dumb, because I could, I could watch it happen. Uh, there are doors that they're not programmed. The AI's not does not allow them to go through it. Yeah. They'll just turn into a puddle at the door. Yeah. They'll walk at the door <laughs> it's really and silly. turn into a puddle. I think for, from like a... So it looks really stupid because yeah. it's like, okay, And I already think that the molded don't look too uh, great to begin with. I think they look really, really silly and just like... I, I'm not scared of dealing with molded, really. I, I, get, I get, of course, worried when they're like in large numbers. Of, I am when they have the hard arm. Yeah. Uh, no, nah. like, don't like that hard arm. I I've been the first time that quickly. you see the big arm guy, like Travis. when you pull him out of when you pull him out of the uh, whatever that thing is, the that was definitely a pain. Yeah, Travis. Yeah, imagine that with no bullets and knifing him. That was super you fun. Crazy. I had no other choice. Man. <laughs> I hated it. Uh, and then I learned wow. how to get the shotgun. So <laughs> uh, that's uh. Well, I that's that's mind-boggling. I yeah. can't believe that you went so long without closing doors behind you. I know. Also, I guess maybe it just doesn't do this if you slam through them, but most of them close behind you automatically. Automatically, yeah, yeah. Um, Which is like kind of unnerving for me because like I'll open oh, a yeah. door and I'll I'll just be like there will be nothing going on in the room. I'm just looking around, but then I hear it close behind me like five to ten seconds later and i just immediately like tense up because i'm like oh god jack is chasing me again or just someone is after me yeah and Hate it's strange it. how Love that it. that is a feeling that persisted for me th throughout a lot of the game when in fact no one ever will follow you into a room and close the door behind them it does <laughs> not happen in the whole game oh okay. so it's crazy it's crazy how that feeling still even lingers once like you know that it, that's not actually a danger yeah hmm. i think that's a really big strength of this game though is like how it can unease and unnerve the player especially in those first yeah. few hours yeah and even just with sound yes oh um, th that's oh, that's yes. what i was saying to david the other night is that the sound design in this game is fantastic and i hate it i don't know how <laughs> people play this in vr they're they're insane people. Yeah. Um, and well, it's, it's you also fit really in good among because them pretty well, David. It, <laughs> Apparently, it's also really good because, in in the way that like you don't know the rules of an area, like when you enter it, and so, um, like you when your first encounter with Jack in the 
garage before you actually get into the house proper. You don't like you don't finish him off. Um, right. You just you're just able to escape, and so you know that he's that there's still the potential of him coming after you, um, which he eventually does, and it's terrifying. Um, it does. The, it does. There are the spaces that lose a little bit of that once you have like defeated the boss of that area. You know that you can like walk around freely, basically. Um, but, but the sound design keeps up, yeah. which is real yeah. frustrating. Yeah, and, and it's still like, like you know, it's like okay, that I know that this thing isn't here, but I also still don't really know what could be around this corner. Yeah. Um. So let's get a little ahead. Zoe, so there's a character that is pushing you through the game. Her name is Zoe, and she's calling you on the phone, and you talk to her, and she basically tells you what you need to do next. You're trying to make a serum uh, to save Mia, Um, which really, the whole time while playing this game, Mia's been gone for three years. I don't know how she survived at all in this uh, type of environment. So Yeah, it's really... All of the, the kind of backstory is unclear. Um, you, As you're moving, you don't really even know what's happening to Mia or the other characters. Like, in your first encounter with Mia, she attacks you, and then she goes back to normal and, and talks about how there's, like, something inside her that's trying to take over. And so you learn that eventually you're able to... that there's potentially a serum you can create that will expel whatever this entity is that's inside right. of her. Um but like you, like you said, you don't really know a whole lot about it. Um, and then after you you leave the main house, uh, you go out into the yard, and then you have the option. Well, it's not an option. You have to go to the swamp, uh, which is my favorite area of the game, but also the spookiest to me. Yeah. Um, the the bugs and having to figure out to use a flamethrower. I kept trying to shoot the hives like an idiot, um, which was great. So I used a blot of ammo in there for no reason. And then you started knifing the I hives, tried, I presume? I tried to knife the oh bugs. Oh, my God. I did. I was like, the knife worked on the molded. I tried to knife the bugs. <laughs> Nothing. The knife is the best thing on the big bugs. Yes. Yeah. The knife is the best thing on the big bugs. Um, so then... I, the f- also, no, no explanation why, like, Marguerite... The, the mother has this ability to, con- to control bugs. Yes, no explanation to the lantern and why she can control bugs. Yeah. Um, not even I, in the lore. I got 38 yeah, I, out of 42 lore pieces. Nothing. I assume Dang. it just it comes as a uh, necessity, <laughs> of necessity of variety. But yeah. like you leave the main house and you go into the old house, and all of a sudden it's no more molded, but instead bugs. Um, and I do, I want to preface that this game, like every time you go into somewhere new, you watch a videotape of someone else going through it, uh, which is very interesting. And it kind of, pre- like you can choose not to watch the videotapes, yeah. um, but they kind of prepare you for what you're going into. And also and it, give you an idea of maybe where some stuff is hidden that right. you as play, playing as Ethan <clears throat> can find and pick up, use to help you in this journey, you know? Right. Um, so you you go through these baby dolls, uh, hanging in this tunnel and you get in and there's bugs. Um, 
eventually get a flamethrower, which ends up being a great weapon for a while. And then um, it's it's pretty similar, I'd say, to the first area, just in a more swampy, bug-infested area. Yeah. And it's actually much smaller. Um, and her... So Marguerite's boss fight is... Um, I would say it was bad for me only because I maybe had too much ammo stashed up from using the knife so much. So I literally just annihilated her um, with no consequence. Like it was so easy. And um, well, that's the benefit of saving your ammo. It is. It's the benefit of saving the ammo. Uh, What was your experience with this, this fight, Seth? It wasn't too bad for me. Um, I died a couple times, but once you figure out like where the ammo stashes in the boss area are, it's not like it's not a big deal. Yeah, because she doesn't move all that fast, um, and if you can consistently be damaging her, she won't spawn the bugs while she's atta- while uh, while she's like just off on her own. Yeah. I do want to note before this that there's this weird encounter where you have to shoot her from a ladder while you're getting kicked down. Um, that was actually kind of entertaining. Uh, and then... That's interesting. When I was in that... It's like you get knocked into this pit or something and she's shooting bugs at you. I didn't try to climb the ladder. I just blasted her with a flamethrower just standing down in the pit. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that sounds pretty brutal yeah, and man. fun. Um, I tried to climb the ladder, which uh, maybe was not the right move. Um, but, you know, it it's it's a weird game you, that allows you to do different things. Yes. Um, and you have somehow, in, in all your endeavors of making all the wrong moves, you have somehow still ended up <laughs> at yeah, the end completing it. I did it. it. I, I was the first of us to beat it. Flying so, marks. Yeah. Um. I I really, I love this part of the game. I love all the family stuff. Um, but this is also where you get the first hint. Um, so you go and get her lantern and use it to open up a door. Um, and this is where you get the first hint that there's some really weird, spooky, supernatural stuff happening. Because uh, there's like a children's room and... A ball that moves. Uh, that was terrifying. Did not like that. I was talking to Forrest yeah. during all that. Um, you get the first part of what could be like the serum, I guess. Um, and you turn around and there's... It's the arm of a fetus. It is the arm of a fetus. And you turn around and there's this little girl's legs near the exit of the crawl space. And then it runs away and uh, did not like that. And uh, anything, anything spooky, little girl or like children laughing yeah. and stuff. David just um, has a fear of children. I do. Um, <laughs> especially if they're slightly evil. Um, now I'll just punt them. Even, like, only, just... even only slightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't need to be full blown like evil. A, yeah. Just, it's like a 51-49% yeah. split. Yeah. That's all David needs. Um, so that was fun. Then, So that was a weird thing that happened in the game. I don't know if... Did you notice this happened, Seth? You, you go into that secret room, and the room looks normal. 
And then when you exit the secret room, there's like scribbles all over the wall. And it's like, oh, that's uncomforting. I don't, uh, like I don't think I noticed yeah. that. Oh, I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> every once in a while, like you can see like the mold on the wall will turn into words. Yeah, that did happen occasionally. Um, didn't like that either. <laughs> um, and then after this part is where you, um, you, you meet Lucas. You do the birthday party. Yeah, you get to yep. the, the third segment of it. There's one for each of the family members. Lucas, who is this kind of inventor and uh, a, a, an en- engineer, has crafted a very elaborate escape room for you that's ostensibly not designed for you to win um so it's really it was really fun like uh the way that you you get a videotape um which allows you to watch this other guy go through the escape room i mean i watch but you're also playing it yeah and it allows you to like you see the actual the ending which is that that it by beating the escape room a bomb goes off and you're supposed to burn alive but by watching this video you just know the solution and you can bypass all of that and he gets so mad it was really fun so i need one of my favorite favorite moments of the whole game i need to ask you how many times did you do it as ethan and die uh i didn't die at all because i knew how to finish it okay so i don't know why but at least three times I grabbed the little tap off of the keg, not realizing that that was the oil that spread. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. And so I (laughs) want to know every wrong turn. (laughs) Our friend Michael Todd came over to watch me play this game uh, because he was bored. And so he goes, David, I think that that's oil that's spilling everywhere. You probably shouldn't open that. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I don't need it because I know all the answers. Why were you still doing it then? I, I just was dumb. I, 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 I obviously failed upwards in this game. Like, it's it's okay. Um, so I... I, I had a lot of fun popping the balloons with the candle in that one room. Yes, that I, good. I did that. I was stuff. really disappointed that when I popped all of the balloons, there was no achievement for it. Oh, I you actually sure. worked? You, you did that? Wow. Yeah, I popped every single one of them. Bravo. I thought about doing it, but then I was like, this isn't worth it. Uh, but good, good. I'm glad you did. Someone, one of us did. Yeah. Um. So that was that was fun. He got real mad. And then you go into this barn and you fight this giant molded. A, it was a fat molded a is the fat, actual name of it. Yes, the fat molded. Ah, yes. <clears throat> um, I annihilated that thing because I had the upgraded shotgun and I just three shots took its head clean off. Oh my that was gosh. Great. Oh yeah. Beautiful. Um, yeah, I got it. Three shots from the grenade launcher. Oh, so... I figured that the final boss would be real hard, and so I saved all of my grenade launcher oh ammo. Uh, turns out that was not necessary. Um, so I had like 15 grenade launcher rounds going into the end of the game. Uh, yeah, that was not needed. Um, but it did help because I did slowly use them in the salt mines. Because the salt mine, we're not there yet, but I did use a little bit of them. So you do that, 
you never kill Lucas. Lucas is still yeah, he's a, out he's there. A, the one the one dangling thread yep. that is left over. And Zoe. Zoe's well, dangling. Not, depending, not really. She doesn't. We'll, we'll we'll get we'll get there. Okay. So, um, then you get the. I think, no, you get the head here. You got the arm yeah. before. You get the head of the fetus here. Yep. So you got both parts. You go. You find where <clears throat> Zoe and Mia are chained up. You free them. Hold on. Um, I also want to note: she somehow has a blender right there, ready to make the solution. Yeah. That, that was, was weird. Fun. Well, I mean it. I guess it kind of makes sense because she was preparing for you to get the other piece. Right. Right. So that makes sense. I guess it, it it's not out of the realm of possibility that she would have the stuff on hand. It's weird that she would have them in the room that she got locked up in. Yes, that's uh, more yeah. So you you go you you give him you go in there with give her the stuff. She <laughs> makes two serums, like the the body parts parts that you got are enough to make two only two serums for for some reason, which is great because you got Zoe, you got Mia, one each. Everything should be fine. Game <laughs> and that's the end of the game, right? Right. Um, until um, what I'm trying to describe this the best way. Um, Jack comes back. Jack comes back, but in the shape of a um, giant flesh monster. Yeah, a flesh monster. With eyes. With <clears throat> big red eyes all over it. Which, hey, good. Tell me where to shoot you. Yeah. Thank you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. If you're going to... If you, you put big red eyes on the boss, I'm like, hey, I'm going to shoot those red eyes. Yes. Uh, only, thank you. Th- the issue then is, is when there is when there's the one red eye that's actually on his underside. That oh, of his you tail. run around for like 15 minutes being like, what am I doing wrong? <laughs> Hold on. All right, good. I didn't fail upwards there. Seth also had a hard time <laughs> with that. I'll take it. Um, I was running red. I'm like, how the heck am I supposed to shoot this thing? And it was convoluted. Uh, <laughs> so you do all that. Um, you think you kill Jack. Jack jumps up and grabs you. And then, so I need to talk about the writing here for a second. Zoe throws oh, yeah, this, you. This, this moment was weird. Joey, Zoe throws you a serum, tells you to stab him. You do it. It kills him. It kills him. Now, I want to note that, like, Marguerite did a really cool thing where she turned all white and got stuck in place and then dissolved into little crumbles, and that was really satisfying. Jack does not do that. Um, I was really excited for, like, this big mass of crumbles to weirdly wade through. I don't know why, because that's gross, but I was looking forward to it. Um, And so then you go out to this dock where Zoe and Mia are waiting for you, and Zoe acts surprised that you stabbed him with the serum. <laughs> yeah, at least like, that's the vibe I got. You, after stabbing him, you walk through the door like Zoe's standing right there, and your character goes like, "I had to use one of the serums," which again is a strange line to say to her after she told you to use it. Yes, uh, but then yeah, you go outside and like you got both of them on the dock and a boat to leave. And you're presented with this choice of who you want to rescue. And and she's like, why is there only one serum? How are you going to make this choice? It's like, what? Wait you, a minute. 
You, you saw this me. happen. You told me to do it. I confirmed that I did it, and now you're getting all indignant. Yeah. <laughs> and so I chose my wife. I chose, yeah. I chose and my... it's just, it's frankly bizarre that this choice exists. Yes. Like, I can't imagine that there's anyone outside of those who are doing it to have completed everything that would choose Zoe in this moment. It it makes no sense. Yeah, it it baffles me a little bit here. Um unless... Also, I don't I don't know if you if you read about what happens if you choose Zoe and you decide to save Zoe. I did it. And and uh leave Mia to her own devices. Hmm. Um Zoe dies like immediately right before the the next stage the next like area okay um you know i wondered how that plays out since the next section of the game has you mainly playing as mia um so and you still play as mia like you just kind of wake up there well uh, uh, uh okay that's that's a pointless choice it's a pointless choice yeah it's um, weird but so, yeah, you, you you jump in the boat, you go, um, you're driving. You're not driving. I guess you you drive a boat. Yeah. Um, through no, you don't the swamps. Drive. Oh, I mean, yeah, you drive this boat. Yeah. I thought you meant like we actually control the boat. We don't control. The no, boat. no, no. But you're going through through this the swamps and this bayou, and you come up on this crashed oil tanker that's just there, um, and there were there were some like lines here and there in in the the game prior about this boat being here but it, it, you weren't like sure what it actually was right yeah. um but it it had to do with this girl that you had seen well we still don't know anything about but we get to this we come up on this boat and all of a sudden these the the mold attacks again um and it separates uh ethan and mia you wake up as mia uh in in this moment and Ethan is pulled away by the mold, so you have to go into this boat to save him. Yes. Um, I just realized I need to ask you, Does is what the mold reminds you of possibly the weird things in Final Fantasy VII Remake? No? Hmm. I, I just thought I connected that in my head. Um, so this part of the game I thought was really interesting um, and... Uh, there's a point in this section of the game where it turns and I start to not like it. Um, but the playing as Mia and then going through and hitting these flashbacks and kind of seeing what set up Mia getting to this point. Um, even, I will say, they also leave a bunch of stuff too vague um, about what happens yeah. before this. Um, like there's no discernible... They never say what Mia's job is or was. Um, I would know I got a ton of the lore from here. I really was looking for stuff um, like control level. Like I was looking for the things to tell me about the game. And just not much. Um, There's this man also with a fancy Apple watch. That guy's hand is probably the hand that's put on you. if you think about it, or that is your separated mm. hand. It's I one don't of know. those. That That's one hand, of the things they never really explain. Why do you have, first of all, 
how is it possible that your hand was reattached? Um, Staples, baby, uh, and the fancy also, Apple Watch. Okay, let. But the thing is, it's not the watch that is doing it because yeah. there are encounters where you can get your foot chopped off. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know if you ever had one of these, David. What? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Your, so your foot gets chopped off. Yes. Like During you can get it in, in the attack, uh, or I was in the with you when in the crematorium. Oh my god. Yeah. The 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 first arm guy can yeah, it can just chop your foot off. And what Ethan does, he grabs the foot. Yeah. You like you're crawling sticks around. Sticks it. Yeah, he sticks it, it on on the stump and just pours the first aid medicine on it and just gets up. What? Healing juice, baby. So there's, oh my God. look, I, at that point, I was like, okay, Ethan is a zombie, right? That's why he's able to survive all of this stuff. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. like a, he's like a carrier of one of the viruses. Go, yeah. I need more information on Ethan besides his sad voice acting at the end of the game. Like he. Yeah. So I don't know yeah. that the hand, I think it was probably just your hand. Um, okay. I think so too. Because. Also, the watch thing. The watch, it, it, you get it, and it's like, that's a codex. It's important. you got to keep it. But And you find out what it's for later in the game, like here when you get to this part of the game. And it's for tracking Evie, who is this creepy girl who is also the controller of the molded. Um, and the but, person infecting the people. But I am 199% sure that it is... Zoe, who tells you about the watch. And why does she know about the watch? Oh, really? Yeah, because you learn about it in like in, in the first phone call that you get from Zoe. Oh. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, yeah it's she the, says that's that's it, the watch. It's a codex, it's important. Hold on to it. How does she know about this watch? Zoe knows many things. That aren't. So uh, I do want to know. There's DLC that none of us played. That seems like it explains a lot of story stuff. There's but, one really good DLC that's fun, stupid <laughs> schlock. But uh, um, you know. But I read it. I read what was explained in the DLCs, and it doesn't seem to clear up anything. Um, no. It's just fun further material. Um, so yeah, from what I from my my indication was that like the dlc is not really connected story stuff it's just other scenarios with these characters right but i could be wrong so um you find out that evelyn is this um little girl or at least takes the visage of a little girl um and she yearns for a family for some reason they can't figure that out um a lot of mysterious, uh, this bio weapon. She's a bio weapon. Yeah. Um, and child soldiers, man, it sucks. Uh, <laughs> but you know, when you're but an is evil she a kid, child soldier. Well, mm. she's at least. She at least looks like a child. Yes, she at least looks like a child. So you learn that um, Mia is one of two people tasked with keeping track of this child, and uh, they're they're on this boat in process of moving transporting her to south america so yes other military factions cannot t- 
take hold of her and use her powers for presumably a different kind of evil than they're already being being used for. Right. Um, and then this point is where I started to not like the game as much because it's where they give you a machine gun and it becomes, here's a million bullets, just yep. shoot through all the stuff you can. Um, See, I have the exact opposite. Really? Uh, yes. I really enjoyed this section, <laughs> mainly once you get the uh, remote mines. Okay, the remote mines like, were cool. Because it's like the game is saying to you, hey, you struggled through all this with very little resources, good job. Here's a you don't have to trick. worry about that anymore. Here's all the ammo you could have. Here's a bunch of explosives. Here's Just go blow up the zombies. Okay. I guess if you look at it that way, yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I also like it. I, I like the, the structure of the ship that you go through and, like, the the, the way, like, the, the multi-levels of it and how you have to, like, navigate through them to, to get to, down to the bottom. Yeah. That was interesting, um, especially in the one room where you had to like disconnect the cables and the fat zombie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact: you could make him despawn if you just ran out of the room. Um, and and so that's close what the I... door behind you? No, oh. uh, I didn't do that. But why would you need to? You have a million remote bombs. You just throw them on the ground and watch them blow up. <laughs> well, you know, save your resources. David didn't uh, use his remote bombs really. Um, which was great because I had them all for the salt mines. Yeah. And yeah, cause all your stuff from collecting that doesn't make sense time space wise. Don't worry but about it. it. All the stuff you collected in the past, you got it now, baby. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> a, no a cool sense. thing about this, this thing is like the way it works is you, you show up as Mia, you get to this one room where you are confronted by Evelyn by Evie and she makes like Mia has amnesia throughout this whole time, so she doesn't actually know what's going on. And then you, she make she forces you to watch a videotape, which which you play through this section, the same like whole layout of the ship, but before it was destroyed. Um, and then eventually you come back to Mia in the present, and she remembers, and you have to go through the the ship again, but it's destroyed. Uh, a cool thing though is that there are, like containers that you can loot in the past that when you go to them in the future like all the specific ones that you have opened are no longer openable yeah that was nice um shades of that beautiful titanfall 2 level um oh man beautiful the ability to do stuff with time dilation so like that stuff is great um as we all know time is money yes yes (laughs) uh so, let's see. After this, that was a callback to yes, the, prior the, to we were, we were recording yes um, to the pre-show. Previous after this, you get Ethan back, and then yeah, so you go, you get to you, you get to the bottom of the ship to free Ethan, and uh, Mia um, sacrifices herself to seemingly Evie, so so yeah. that. Ethan can get free and go destroy her once and for all. Or, um, if you did not give Mia the serum, um, I'm excited to hear Mia, this. Mia is not able to, like, Mia is saving Ethan um, while she is slowly being taken over by Ev- Evie's mind control, right? Um, 
if you don't give me the serum, uh, you still save Ethan, but then she's not able to fight off Evie's mind control, and so Ethan has to straight up murder her. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Fun. Which is something that he already kind of thought he did yeah. at the beginning of the game anyway, so nothing new yeah. for Ethan. And what Chris Redfield will do later. Yep. <laughs> so, um... Yeah. It's, that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, so... Or possibly, who knows? It's going to so be crazy. It's, it's um, hard to. So um, then, as Ethan, you go through. Man, Lucas was real busy setting up bombs through the entire compound, uh, the salt mines, and uh, the pistol. Well, I, don't, I don't think this was Lucas. I think these were just bombs that were set up because it seems like no. this. No, no, it's Lucas because that's his lab. Like, the lab you find is his lab. How do you know it's his lab? Because of the notes. You They have his name on them? Yeah. Oh. Um, so the, the notes, it also alludes that Lucas has been working with this group um, to study Evelyn. Um, I read they're more prevalent in the DLC, but they're called, like, the Connectors or something. Um, very weird. But yeah, that is Lucas's like lab, um, and so you you go through these salt mines and you end up at this lab, um, and then the salt mines don't really have anything. Spe- that's another big action portion of the game. Um, yeah, it's just like going through rooms and a bunch of molded will spawn and you have to blow them up. Yeah, yeah. and. Yeah, the, I mean, the game becomes really straightforward, basic, from this point. Yeah. Uh, because you're just, you're going to defeat Evie. Um, and so it's just like she's throwing enemies at you to try and slow you down. So it, this... It, it stops becoming puzzle solving, and it's more just... I mean, you could call it action, but it's it, it's hardly even that, really. Well, it's straight action. It's not action-adventure. Or... <laughs> Whatever stupid stupid categories there are. Um, But then you find out, you get back to the house, sort of. Um, And then you find out, you get back to the guest house. And you find out that the grandma, and you also find this out some of the lore before. Um, That's how you find out that that's Lucas's lab. Okay. So the there's journal entries that where Lucas is talking about Evelyn turning gray and you find out that Evelyn is the grandma. And then that's when Yeah, still really not really sure how all that works. Yeah, um, still not. <laughs> yeah. Because she was a child that was on a boat very far away from this house. So I don't know how she came back and ended up being the grandmother of this family very confusing well she like and so she like infected this she yearns for family so she infected these people's brains and um you come to find out at one point while right before the boss fight that these hillbillies you thought were evil were not evil people um they just were hillbillies (laughs) that got taken over by um this bio weapon yep and 
So Jack asked you to, would Zoe by his side? So did Zoe die? No, like yeah, that's why. See, that's why I think that she's a loose. She's not really a loose end because I think it kind of implies that she's dead. Okay. Um, and I think she has to be because I I would assume this scene can exist in either pathway, whereas whereas the pathway where you give her the serum, you see her die. Yeah. Uh, and and this one, you do not. Presumably, she's dead. Um. So yeah, I, I'm not sure. So then you fight the big tentacle monster. Um, yeah, you hit you you hit you, earlier. You created this um, neuro or necrotoxin, whatever it was called, that's designed with EV cells so that it'll kill her. And you you get to the the old woman and you stab her with it, and she kind of melts and turns into a big tentacle monster. Yeah, you have to fight off these psychic blasts from the little girl. That was that was fun and crazy. Um, and then this is when David realized he had 15 too many grenade launcher states. <laughs> and so that fight was really easy for me. Yeah. Um, never was in... Apparently, I read afterwards that that is actually a sort of difficult fight because if the face gets too close to you, it's like a one-hit kill. Like, you, you just have to restart it. Really? Never had I, that. Yeah. I assume this was a fight you could not die in oh no you can die because i did not seem to be taking damage from her uh and also at one point you you're given the super gun the albert zero one yeah um which i presume is a gun let's name that because it was used to kill albert wesker but i also don't know anything about resident evil yeah no, um it was not <laughs> okay. as someone who killed wesker at the end of resi 5 it was not any gun. So I'm talking about mm. in the basement, in the attic, Seth, when the wall is like coming at you. Um, that oh, one, that yeah, one okay. you can, you yeah, can when die she tur- Before she turns into the tentacle monster. Yes. When she's just the wall face monster. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, what's the. Yeah, I, that was all. But that also, like, I didn't. I didn't. Re- I, don't, I don't think I realized you could die in that either. I just imagined <laughs> Evelyn as the lemon grab from that, uh, that episode because of the lemon wall and yeah, then it goes yeah. stands up and oh my okay, gosh dumb but <clears throat> love it yeah you shoot up the grandma <laughs> the tentacle grandma and then <laughs> what um, a horrible phrase <laughs> and then you shoot the the wesker gun the albert don't know don't know why it's called that no, no pieces of lore attached to that and then you see what you assume is Chris Redfield because he takes his mask off and says, I'm Redfield as a helicopter is landing and stuff. And it's got a blue umbrella corp logo, which is different from the red one we know and love. Yes. That's attached to the evil corporation. And this is Neo umbrella, Neo umbrella. Yeah. Um, It's like when it's like when aim got bought by, sunspot and turned into a good company yeah oh was used to fund the avengers so presumably i'm not gonna go the weird blue and red route of what we could with the evil and good umbrella corporation um but yes so you and mia at least in the path we all chose are on this plane or helicopter, helicopter and um, Ethan does this weird speech about one door opens or one door closes and one door opens. 
Um, the credits happen, which is this weird horror film in itself itself. And then a vibrating ringtone happens at the end of the credits. And my controller vibrated on the table and scared me. <laughs> uh, One final scare. And then end of the game. Weird, weird way to end it. Like, who's who is calling you? Yeah, it's Zoe. Zoe's got to be calling you. She's uh, always calling you. That's that could be. That's funny. or it's your boy Eminem. Yeah, Just, I mean, I guess that's a thought that it could be. Maybe it could also be Chris. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> hey, weird. man, I need to murder your wife. Come, come over to this village. Yeah. Live there for a few years. Live there for a few years. And then I'll barge yeah. into your house one evening. Just Man. put a few caps. It makes me so interested in what Resident Evil 8 is going to be yeah. about. Um, this game is a great trailer for that. Uh, so thank you, um, Spooky Month, October. Um, Seth, does this a two-pronged question for your final review. Does this make you interested in going back and playing other Resident Evils? And do you recommend that people play this game? I So I think this was a good game. If you are into games like this, I think uh, you would enjoy it. Um, I enjoyed it even not being into games like this. So um, I, it's it's always tough to, like a horror game, it's, it's tough to give like a, a super wide recommendation to because I think some people just not, it just won't work for some people. But I do think it's good. Um, I will give it a suplex certification for sure. Um, I love to hear it. I don't know. So uh, this, it certainly has made me more interested in the RE2 remake. Just because I think that the moments of horror in this game that really work for me are the sort of, the, the kind of dread that there is something in the house with you that at any moment could attack you. It sounds like that is a very large part of Resident Evil 2 with Mr. Yeah. X like constantly stalking you. Yes. Um and so I think that that is like those experiences made me want to play that more. Um uh, otherwise I don't know that I'm super interested in the other games in the series. Yeah. Um I need to ask for something here real quick. An RE2 remake, does it keep up with the bit where you have to collect things to save the game? Or do they take that away? No, that you don't have the um the ink okay. ribbons. So Seth, in old Resident Evil games, you had the horrible there was, system. Uh, it was a horrible system. There was actually an item you had to collect that would take up inventory space that you had to use to save the game. Uh, you had to collect ink for yeah. typewriters. Yep. So it wasn't unlimited saves. <laughs> you... So there is a one of the difficulty modes. I think the one that you unlock Adds after you in. beat the game has that. Really? Where you have to, yeah, you have to find these one-time use cassette tapes that you mm. use at at the uh, the tape players where you save. Not mm. going back and playing this game, but you know, that's good to know. Yeah, good to know. Um. It's, this made me more interested in playing future Resident Evil games, but not any of the past ones. That's um, completely fine. Yeah, I'm not going to play six. <laughs> You're uh, not missing out on anything. Yeah, I'm not going to play if five. if you really want to suplex some random zombie dudes, <laughs> which even then, I don't recommend. 
Um, so I'm definitely on the uh, cusp of being sold on episode, or Resident Evil 8. And, and I really think this game is good. Um, mostly good. It's, like I said, the back half, in my opinion, was weaker. Seth thought it was more of a treat, which was interesting. I thought it was kind of a, like, we don't know how to keep up the suspense, so we're just going to make this more action-y. And I think that's because I really love that first half. Even though I, I, gosh, I don't like playing horror games, but, like, I love this. Yeah. Like, I love that and the the feeling of I got through this. Because that's how I felt about Dead Space. Loved Dead Space. That's how I felt about the RE2 remake. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think everyone should play this. Um just as I think this is a great jump off point to see if you can handle a scary game. Yeah. Um, like if you're playing through that first, the first, uh, the guest house and the beginning of the old house, and this is on game pass and you get it for free with your PS five. Um, if you have PlayStation plus, so this game is going to be widely available to people here within the next two weeks. So, and is widely available now for cheap or free. So just try it. It's, it's definitely worth trying and it's, it's a quality one. So like, I don't know how good Blair Witch is. I don't know how good some of these other horror games are, but I know that this one, I played it and it wasn't just the fact that I told my friends I was going to beat it. It was the gameplay and the puzzles were all engaging enough that it made me want to keep playing even though I kept saying I hate this, yeah, because um, I hated it, but I like there was also a lot bringing me back to it. Um, so yeah, I I enjoyed this game a lot, and I think people should play it. And I'm <laughs> eagerly awaiting what happens with the next installment. Um, even though I don't understand, um, maybe Forrest can explain this. The, does each Resident Evil have a different art director? Is that why these characters look so different from game to game? Like, because yeah, Chris Redfield that. looks hyper beefy oh. and fat in that trailer, and it's weird. Yeah, like, so that was the problem. Where, I don't okay, maybe not problem, but um, something that was really confusing a lot of people who are familiar with the series when Resi 7 first released and we like got to the ending of the game, people were theorizing that it wasn't even Chris. Oh, because he like just says, was, I'm Redfield. Yeah, well, like, it was just someone, like, pretending to be Chris Redfield or something like that. <laughs> and I don't, I have not seen any explanation from any art designer or game director or anything about why they made Chris look that way. But it was, I, I totally think it's because of that reaction that people had to it that they were like, all right, let's, uh, let's roll it back for yeah. eight and have him look a little more like how he used to, you gotcha. know? Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, Seth, do you have anything else to say before we go to the break? Uh, Only that I hope you enjoyed that exhaustive dive into Resident Evil 7, a game from three years (laughs) ago. I did realize how long we went, but yeah. yeah. Worth it. It It's spooky month, baby. So we had to do something for him. Commit to the bit. Yeah. All right. So with that, we'll be right back after the break.
and we're back. Hopefully with that small break, you were going onto social media at Suplex of Sticks and checking us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and also rating and reviewing the podcast on the podcatcher you're listening to us on. It may seem like nothing to review a show and that we're just asking for inflation for our own egos, but it really helps get the show out there. It is probably number one getting us in front of people is you telling your friends, which please do. And number two is rating the show so that people um, can see that we are a quality show, uh, even though we do one hour deep dives on three-year-old games. Um, We hope you enjoyed that. We tried to play a scary game (laughs) for the spooky month of October. And so um, let us know what you think of that, please. Uh, Join our Discord and talk to us about our feelings about the game and you know we're we're open people that yeah. will interact with you and regardless of what you love um including if that's ducks austin we're talking about you all your duck reacts in the discord um i enjoy it i also enjoy it gotta love him yeah all right but also uh i would say if people have suggestions for other themed yeah, games other themes we could do for uh, each month. So game, there's a whole channel in there for game suggestions, game recommendations, um, where we throw stuff in there. So talk with us and tell us what we should play, and we'll listen to you possibly. Um, so, all right, let's get into some news. Um, I'm going to do a quick dive of the PlayStation and Microsoft news of the past week past week and a half because we didn't do a episode last week um and then we'll get into the nintendo uh nintendo direct partner showcase mini gosh that's such a mini nintendo direct partner showcase um so sony news destruction all-stars uh a game that i had pre-ordered and i was going to purchase um (laughs) Uh, got okay. delayed to February and is now going to be a free-to-play game on PlayStation Plus. Um, this game looks like Twisted Metal meets Overwatch and I meets Rocket League, and I was I'm kind of all about it. And um, I don't know if this piqued either of y'all's interest, but I was really interested in this game. So um, that's nice to know. I'll get it for free with PlayStation Plus in February. Yeah. Um, I was going to pay $70 for it, so nice to save that money. Um, Prowler got confirmed as a villain in the Spider-Man Miles Morales game, so I'm super excited to play that game in two weeks. Nice. Um, Interesting. Yeah, Prowler and the Tinker um, are going to be two of them. I bet you there's going to be more. Oh, yeah. Um, And then the third piece of news, possibly the most important piece of news you'll hear today, is that Bug Snacks is going to be free on PlayStation Plus at launch, baby? Game of the Millennium. Game of the Millennium, free day one on your PS Five. You download Bug Snacks. It's going to be great. The best game you'll ever play. I'm so excited. I I saw that news today, and I'm like, "There's a system seller." I'm really happy for you, David. Bug Snacks, the one Bug Snacks absolute diehard fan that I know. <laughs> I it's freakish and I love it. Yeah, I, and you know what? That's two games I've had pre-ordered <laughs> that I have canceled because it's going to be oh free on PlayStation Plus. So, um, you know, 
I don't you're know. Saving money like you're saving bullets in RE7. Yeah. Now, yeah. now that's getting bang for your buck. Yeah. Exactly. And imagine all that extra time. <laughs> Gosh. Okay. <laughs> uh, if, if anything, I'm losing time. Uh, but I'm not. I'm saving money. But we know money is time. All yeah. right. Here we go. You may lose time, but you gained a girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> um, don't tell my wife. Um, so he's uh, talking to me. Okay, there you go. So Microsoft news. Um, while I was gone, apparently it was announced that Gears Five is getting story DLC, um, which is really interesting because that game ended about one or two acts too early, and also um, we we've have not done a spoiler cast for that game, which is fine. But it is really problematic in the end, and I was not a big fan of it. I don't want to get too far into that right now, because that'll be a long discussion. Um, But if you ever want to talk to me about my feelings about Gears 5 and how they treat uh, women and black characters, uh, go ahead and message me on our Discord, and we can have a conversation about it. Um, Also, you're going to be able to play the entire game as... With Batista as Marcus Phoenix instead of it being Marcus <laughs> Phoenix. So I did not see the story DLC. I only saw the Dave Batista news. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's funny. So <laughs> I guess they if that movie ever gets made, I'm assuming that Batista cause so Batista's been campaigning hardcore to be Marcus Phoenix. Uh which is fine. Like he he does seem like a natural fit. Yeah. Um and so I guess as a consolation, they decided, hey, man, uh, record all of Marcus Phoenix. And so he did. And Batista's a he's a genuinely seemingly good guy. Uh, most wrestlers are problematic people that are not, they're carnies. They're not good people. Yeah. And Batista seemingly is just a wholesome dude that likes to work out and play video games. And so he really wants to be Marcus Phoenix. And... They're giving it and to now him. now he is. Yeah, now he is. Uh, replacing a full character model and voice actor as an option in the game, which is yeah, it's, so weird. It's, shout out to John it's weird. It's, it's hilarious and kind of astounding. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, it is kind of a bummer because John DiMaggio's voice acting in that game is real good. Yeah. Um, but can't oh, yeah. He's, his, his, his Marcus voice is iconic. Can't wait to hear uh, Batista yell, revive me. Um, it's going to be awesome. Doing a Marcus impression. <laughs> I, who knows if it's going to be an impression? I, I want. It's probably going to be him. Who knows? Just straight we'll saying see. his lines. We'll see. Um, and the other they should thing, go back and have him re-record all of Marcus's dialogue from all of from the games. Every yeah, from Man, every game. Do that. Yeah, that'll get the, me to play Gears. The 1 Batista, again. the Batista Master Edition. Yeah. Of oh my Gears. gosh. Yeah. You know, people would buy it. I would. One hundred percent. But thankfully, it'd be included for free with Game Pass. So, you know. (laughs) So, um, also, the game that is cursed forever, my new... So, every... It seems like I have to have a bit where I just have a game that's never going to come out. Yep. It was Days Gone before. um, Before Days Gone, it was... uh, What was the the game with the bird and the child? The bird monster. (laughs) The Last Guardian. The Last Guardian. That game was never coming out. Um, now, sadly, it hurts my heart to say that Halo Infinite is the game t- for me that's never coming out. I won't believe it until it's on the shelf in front of me uh, because they lost another... See, uh, now, now, I thought you were about to say Cyberpunk. 
No, no, no. no. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so another director, creative director, left Halo Infinite. This is the second creative director in that many years, uh, two years, um, to leave. And um, Bloomberg has the full story. Schreier broke it today. Um, he left of his own volition, but, you know, it's probably because he, they brought in Joseph Staten, and it's going to be interesting. I yeah. don't know. That's not good. That's not a good sign when you're director leaves twice <clears throat> yeah you have two. he's apparently staying at microsoft and yes. but it's just not going to be involved in halo anymore yeah um the good news is for halo fans eventually you'll run out of directors that can leave <laughs> and then like, there's only so many directors that you can have and eventually they'll all be gone and no more can leave yeah i guess that's a way you can yeah, look yeah. at it um and then this game will come out and be the new version of Crackdown 3, and I'll be real sad. Ooh. Yeah. So hopefully Halo Infinite doesn't follow that path. So this game is going to be real great when it comes out in 2022. Um, you know, March. I think you're probably right, because at this rate, they can't release the game unless it's really good. Right. Yeah, that's do, fair. Do you realize? Like, I don't they're want... not... If the game in is a ra- in a state... <laughs> If it's in the same state that Crackdown Three was, it's not. They're not. It's it's not going to come out. Right. In a in a really roundabout they'll, way, they'll retool the whole game. Yeah, they'll retool the whole whole game into a into a battle royale. Oh if, god. And and that's what they'll release rather than releasing Halo Infinite. So I also want to note that it is just so astoundingly apparent the more and more we get closer to the Xbox's launch. That this game, they were leaning on it. Yeah. Um, the marketing on the box, the trail, the commercials it's you see on TV. So sad. You see so much Halo stuff on TV. Taco Bell, all that stuff like Master Chief and Power Swords and Energy Swords. I mean, um, yeah, it's sad. The commercial Did- of that guy talking as Master Chief is pretty good. Yeah. Did they get the Mountain Dew branding with Halo Infinite again? Yes. Nice. And Monster Classic. Energy. So oh. those cans are out. You can redeem the codes, and they'll just work when the Whenever game the launches. Game. Yeah. God, gods and Monster Energy? <laughs> yes. Uh, I think you mean Immortals Phoenix Energy. No. no. Oh, that's right. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, <laughs> I forgot that they changed the name. <laughs> so, you know, Halo, baby. Uh, um, also... Wrote, this is really related to Xbox too, because Xbox has been treating Cyberpunk as like a launch title, kind of. Yep. Uh, which it's not just an exclusive. It's very strange. Um, they're treating Cyberpunk and Assassin's Creed as like these weird fill-ins as launch titles. Um, Cyberpunk got delayed again till December tenth. Yep. Um, not a huge delay, now. but yeah, for exactly. Now. Twenty-one days. Um, Apparently, reports have come out that it is the current-gen consoles that are having issues. It's apparently able to be played fine on PC and next-gen. I say next-gen like it's not two weeks from now, but next-gen. Two weeks from now, Jen. Right. Yeah. Um, Which we all sort You know, this is something that we all sort of said back when they initially announced this game and showed it off. It's like... 
how is this going to run on like current gen? And then they said it did. And obviously they're having trouble. They were lying. (laughs) They were were not telling the truth. (laughs) They just thought they were going to be able to get it figured out. And they haven't been able to. I don't know. Honestly, like it doesn't surprise me this got delayed. I don't know how, how anyone can support this game in good faith anymore. And not because of the delays. Um, but this is probably this is the been one of the most publicized like instances of, of crunch in the video game industry. Yeah. Um just because the game has been in development forever. Um and it's a huge deal and they've and because of the multiple delays like you, you, we know that they like how much they're continuing to work on it. And so I mean, I don't know the with every little trickle of information about it, like it, I I can't say that I'm even going to play this game at this point. Yeah, it's really. I canceled my pre-order for it today. Um, it really bothers me. I read, so there was, Jason Schreier, got. Uh, I understand how some people can dislike him. I guess. Um. So, but people have been attacking him. And so he's like, listen, I have people reporting to me um, that they are having over a hundred hour work weeks for this game right now. Um, And he's like, and I have had verified secondhand things where people are getting physically sick from how much they're working on this and like just looking sickly. And it's just like, yeah, we say all the time that crunch is bad and we hound it. But this is not good. Um, And I, like, Crunch is the main offense that we could get into, but also this game's portrayal of, uh, you know, certain nationalities and races of people, and it's just like... Sexualities. Sexualities. Um, It all... It's it's kind of... The list grows. uh, And... Yeah, I, I wasn't going to bring up that I canceled my pre-order on it, but I, you decided to go into, I don't know how people can play this. Because um, I've kind of hit the point where I don't know if I can, like, decide to play this, you know. Yeah, like, um, and I I get, like, I'm, and, I won't have any, like, moral qualms with people who still decide to play this. I may have, like, taste qualms with them. Um, yeah, like, I'm not going to be mad have, at you if you buy it, but... Right, I I might I might like question like why are you, would you want to play a game? But that's just because I've moved, continued to move further away from these massive games like this, um, to the point where hearing that it's got three hundred hours of gameplay is, uh, it's a turn off at this point. Um, I but, can't tell you how great it was to beat Resident Evil Seven in nine hours. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, but, but like, go on, Seth. Um, <laughs> it's. If you are a person who thinks that this is, like, who is in tune with these issues in the games industry and, like, reads about them uh, and thinks that, oh, this is bad and this should not continue to happen. Like, at some point, um, it's, it's it's put up or shut, shut up, I think. Like, you can't say, hey, Crunch is bad and then go out and buy a game like this and then also go and glowingly talk about it on the internet um and so i think it's 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 just i've i've 
I think I've been coming to that, and I and I think just with this game, it's sort of it it's reached its its zenith of of like okay, I just can't, I I can't and I can't in good faith like put up this facade anymore of of being like oh yeah this is bad but I'm still gonna play this game and so yeah this I think this is this is one that's just kind of it's it's out out the door for me yeah yeah it's it's hard so if you're hoping to hear uh cyberpunk 2077 coverage on this podcast it may not be the place for you to find it yeah uh, uh i mean if Forrest decides to play it but i i'm yeah i've kind of checked out um so that's a it's, it's so frustrating crunch is a real problem yep uh read blood sweat and pixels uh and also just you know look at twitter and see what some studios are doing to its employees um all right let's let's talk about the last bit of news i have which is the nintendo mini direct partner showcase the you final the final one they said in the beginning this is the final of this year of this year um so there will it, be no more this was ever. i don't know david i don't know how much you followed the development of this this morning so this was released without uh any prior knowledge but like so it had to have been that people knew it was coming though because like 30 minutes before it actually dropped people were talking about how just like out of nowhere how the the pre-order option from uh whatever bravely default to had disappeared from the eShop and some other stuff like that you could like if you knew beforehand that this is what like why this stuff was showing up like you could connect the dots say oh this is for nintendo direct um so it had to be that these people were dropping hints but it was just weird how like i was seeing all of this weird stuff on twitter about different games that are coming out on nintendo switch yeah and, and all sort of inconsequential little things and then all of a sudden like here's a nintendo direct so this is maybe the worst kept secret of them uh, because, uh, like you said, about an hour, 30 minutes before, um, people were posting screenshots of the news screen on the Switch. <laughs> and there was like, the there I saw the blurb about there being a demo for Hyrule Warriors today before the Direct happened. Jeez. The, the, the Bravely Default 2 one. Um, those were the only two I saw. But they were taking screenshots of their Switch and posting them like, so something happened with the timing of this where it went on the news channel on the switch, which I never use um, before early before the direct happened. <clears throat> so that was weird. Uh, but yeah, that once I saw that stuff, I was like, Oh, something's happening today or tomorrow. <laughs> so usually it's Thursday, but it was today. Um, it, it, it kicked <laughs> off with bravely default two. uh, which looks like a Bravely game. I guess that's what we call this series now because Bravely Default 
or bravely second is yeah. different than bravely default two. I would say this looks like a default game. Okay. Um, the it comes out. <laughs> you know, it's just it's this is your default game. Yeah. I mean, they even have characters in there. They're called the asterisk holders. Like they couldn't. Yeah. They, the the naming the names are it's it's weird. Seth, like you're a character. Did you see that? Uh yeah, I think I had seen that when it was first announced. Oh yeah. really? Okay, yeah. I didn't know that that was first ever announced. It was. So Seth is a character. Yeah, our boy. Good job, Seth. You made it in. You made it. Um, yeah, but up next is Smash. But but are you? But and you're an asterisk holder, maybe, or is that other? Char- I don't know. I fast forwarded through this part because yeah, I just same. knew I wasn't going to play it. I was um, at work and I did not have time to yeah. stick around for things February, I didn't care for. February 2021. Um, for those that care, I'm happy for you. Um, I I cannot get past the art style of this series, um, and so uh, the gameplay may look right up my alley, but I cannot do it. I'm sorry. Um, it's the same with Minecraft. I'm sure. I'd sit down and possibly love it, but I think the I think the style of the game looks stupid and I don't like it. So these are two examples. You know, you're just not going to get me into a voxel game, and you're not going to get me yeah. into this weird chibi it's, art game. It's kind of strange. Like I could understand it on the 3ds. Yep. But usually when you these kind of games, especially Square Enix games when there has been a generational jump to a new console, it has also brought a new, like, art style. Octopath Traveler. They kind of, yep, they kind of, they kind of doubled down on the the way it looks, and it's just like, I don't know, like, this doesn't, if you are trying to invoke, or evoke, rather, the RPG days of old, like, this isn't what those games look like. No. Nope. And if they did, it was by because of the, the necessity of, of graphical limitations. Right. And so, like, there is a way that you can replicate that charm, but it's not by making super HD models of these super deformed characters. Yeah. But, you know, like like David said, it's just my opinion. I'm sure there are people out here who who really appreciate this art style. But yeah. it's not me, and I'm not probably not going to be playing this game. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> Never mind. We're not going to go down that road. Because <laughs> it's just we're we're really talking bad about this game enough that if there is a Golden Sun game, it's going to end up with something like this, and I'll be mad. Um, but I'm going to try to not speak that evil into the world. Um, no, David. The next Golden Sun is going to uh, be a gotcha game. You're right. We know. You're right. We already We've told already, you this. Yeah. Um, so then they get into, uh, this was a surprise Hitman yeah. three. Um, these next two bits, those next two. So Hitman three yeah, and this was crazy. control are going to, Hitman three is coming to the switch. Uh, control is on it today and there's, they, they're coming through the power of the cloud um, so by the way, Seth, if you wanted to test this out, I'm going to for sure. Um, when you download the game, it gives you a certain amount of time for free in the game. So you can yes, it is you, five minutes. You can test out if your internet can handle it and all that stuff. Um, yeah, I was I was curious how this works, and so it is. You download 
a launch it's it's a free launcher that you download yeah. and then you get five minutes to play and then you have to buy like the the access pass mm-hmm. within the launcher so it's so you don't even buy this from the eShop. Um, oh really yeah you have to download it and launch it and then you buy it so did you do this or no yeah i mean i didn't buy it okay you did the did you do a couple minutes though no i was just curious how it worked okay. um so i'll report back on that next week um so because i'm gonna give it a shot i'm interested i'll test out the cloud um this was this was a big surprise. Um, big surprise. Not because of the cloud gaming thing, because Nintendo has done this for other games in the past, like and even I think like Assassin's Creed games, Resident and, Evil like, Seven big games um, are available on the Nintendo Switch via the cloud, but have on- they've only been available in Japan. Yeah, huh. Resident oh. Evil Seven's one of them. And so it was. That's the kicker. It was crazy. Like when the Hitman th- Three thing came up, I was like, "I know this is Hitman Three, but there's no way they got this running." And I was like, "Is it possible they're doing the cloud running thing?" And then they were, and it's like, "Okay, well, this is interesting." I guess it it had to have been successful enough in Japan on this on the titles that they had there for them to be like, "Okay, we can try this out." But it's and it's an interesting two choices. Because it's not like they're saying, hey, here are the games that we already know that work on this. You can play them. Because, admittedly, those are probably all old, old games. Um, but, yeah, this is it's a very interesting two collaborations. Because you've got Control, uh, Remedy's never been on a Nintendo console. Uh, and then you've got Hitman 3, the third in a trilogy of games that have also never been on Nintendo consoles. Um I don't know. It's peculiar, and it, but it's cool that they're doing it, and and hopefully, they will continue to find ways to make this work. Yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes, and if this even leaks its way into some Nintendo properties later. Yeah, I'm um, also. Hmm. This it's interesting because they're. Um, Phil Spencer was directly asked about like game pass on nintendo switch at at some point recently and he didn't give like a definitive answer um but you know it's if this is working um it certainly leaves that possibility out there i'm what i'm i'm very curious what these games look like Um, yeah that's because i like what are they first of all like i'm 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 very curious about like the way this stuff is working like what are they streaming off of who is doing the streaming like is this coming off a nintendo server like there's no way that they're getting the developers to to run this right no Um, i saw on twitter it's another company yeah i don't i didn't Ah, see the name of it but it's another company i can't remember what the name was (laughs) and someone already hacked into the files and saw that there's resident evil 3 as one of the streamable games. I so, so that's possibly going to happen. So that's a point that I wanted to bring up is that this uh cloud game streaming on onto the Switch is a like it can open up a whole new door for higher profile like higher power yeah. uh games that the Switch normally couldn't be able to handle. Like 
Until March. Yeah, maybe. until March, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what's going to go down with that? Can't wait to find out. Um, But, yeah, like, having these bigger third-party games would bring a lot more traffic to the Switch, I think. Especially for people who are maybe are a little more uh, casual in their game playing, but always, so they always gravitate towards Nintendo uh, consoles instead of keeping up with the higher-powered consoles. Um, this is still a way for them to get some of those games that they may have heard about that were really good but missed out on because of their console choice. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I'm a little more skeptical, I think, about it. Um, just because I don't... I don't know. I think that it's Nintendo has kind of positioned itself as a companion to another console and... So I'm I'm not saying that there aren't those for whom the Switch is their only console. Um but I think that the the I think that the audience of only Switch users who are also interested in those games are small. Yeah. Um That's so I I'm, I'm I'm curious what the like what the 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 expected return is going to be on a thing yeah. like this. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, outsourcing it to a, a, a third party who is doing the streaming, it's probably a lot less expensive than act- having them actually develop a port for the Switch. So it's probably like not super cost intensive for Nintendo to get this to work. Um, but I also wonder what the success rate is going to be of something like this. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting excited i'm also interested to see how many people actually have the internet that can handle this sort of thing because um, it's not the yeah Midwest. that's not me that's baby. the other thing um like you say it'll open a door for people but the the constant internet connection is going is like will 100 percent be a barrier yeah. for a lot of people you're right yeah and it, that's also, I think that's probably also a reason why this was only in Japan previously, because they have better internet systems than than, than we do. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I hope I hope it's successful because I like like you said, I do think it can open doors for other games that, like we've talked on here about. I I can't think of any that are coming to mind immediately, but I know we've specifically talked about games. That are like, I wish this was on Nintendo Switch because this game would be much better if I could play it portably. Um, and so I think if that, if this allows those types of games to come over, like for me, the the big AAA games I don't think are what I would want to use the Switch for, but I, I think there are the AA, I guess you could call them, games that are like still very good. But um, probably can't run on a Switch, but probably would work best in a handheld format. Yeah. Um, that maybe that'll that'll uh, allow them to be on there. And I think Control isn't one that I would want to play handheld, but it does fit into that AA games category. It's yeah. not necess- It's not quite AAA, um, but it also is. It's too much for the Switch to handle. For sure, it's almost too much for the Xbox to handle on some levels oh yeah it is um seemingly too much for the for the xbox one x to handle yes it was 
for sure. Um, I how much you want to bet on Series X? It also doesn't run very well. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's. I'm pretty sure it's because it's an unoptimized game, possibly. Um, yeah, no, no, I I would not be very surprised. Um, uh, I don't want to go down this road, but there's. Uh, in the new watchdogs apparently they had to issue an emergency patch to reviewers because during one of the missions it was causing consoles to overheat and shut down oh no uh, because it's funnily enough during a mission called 404 <laughs> whatever yeah. but yeah they had to issue an emergency patch um i don't know if that was true but it i saw that like a, couple a little people... too coincidental too, uh, coincidental to ironic be to, to like not be intentional yeah just yeah. just buy it it sounds like this sounds like a marketing <laughs> tool you know well you know nothing lot better than marketing that you sh- <laughs> break <laughs> that you shut consoles. down new consoles um all right so no more heroes one and two i mean isn't isn't that Oop. isn't that crisis's whole appeal yes that is <laughs> um yes but you can at least like, look hey, at it hey, while you can't play it he hey everyone buy this game that you absolutely can't run It'll break your system. Yeah. Yes, I need that. Of course. Um, it's the unattainable. It's the unattainable benchmark. Um, so, No More Heroes One and Two is now available on the Switch. They run at sixty frames. Apparently, it's, it's very nice. Um, yeah, I was I was stoked on this. Yeah. And it was and it was kind of weird because they before this this announcement was a new trailer for No More Heroes Three. Uh, and and part of the, in the trailer they were talking about how if like you can play it without knowing the whole story, but it's better if you know the f- the story of the first two games. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I wish I could play them. <laughs> and then immediately <laughs> I was like, they're available now. That's good yeah. marketing. So those both are available now. Uh, you can get them. As well as that arcade game that I don't think mattered storyline wise. Um, don't remember. And then there's a story of Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town trailer. I'm sure that's relevant for someone. Um, and Immortals Phoenix Rising trailer. Uh, none, nothing new was really shown there. Um, Tropico 6 was shown. Surviving the Aftermath. Bakugan. Uh, and then the three that I care about. Um, <laughs> part-time UFO from HAL is coming out. No clue. That's out today. Um, apparently, this is a mobile game. Hmm. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to buy it. already out in 2018. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm very excited to play this game. It looks very weird. Yeah. And yeah, it looks, it looks stacking very game. cute. And it's co-op, so it'll be fun. Very excited for it. Uh, it's $8.99 in the eShop. Very reasonable price for a stacking game. Very. Or your UFO. And... Part-time, of course. Yeah. yeah. Griftlands is a... Oh, baby. I've never heard of this game, but it looked cool. Yeah, so this is... It is a roguelike deck-building game. Mm. So you know that... Mm. Like, I remember when I first heard about this... Oh, yeah. When I first read about this and also saw the art of it, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting this game, whatever it is. Uh, but also... I actually didn't know there was combat in this game because what I had previously seen is that it's it's like turn-based card combat, but what I had seen before is that it's like 
the stuff that you're using were are like dialogue. So you are in these sort of verbal encounters that you have these the that you have these decks built around. Um, yeah, this game it looks very cool. I was and I was excited to see like something out up about it out of nowhere. Yeah, it was very neat. Um, and then there was the final one, as that there's a Hyrule Warriors demo available now. Uh, along with a new trailer that showcases that the divine beasts are playable. Oh my god, that was bonkers. I, it, it was weird because this the the trailer was mostly footage we'd already seen, and then right at the end of it, it was like Rivali's like, "I'm going to show them what I can do," and then it's just footage of the divine beasts walking around battlefield, just blasting people, and it's crazy. Like I feel like. Warriors games are all about bombast, and so if you have giant robots that you can walk around and blast people, you would think, oh yeah, that makes sense to use. <laughs> but also, never in my mind did I think this would be a possibility. Uh, and so it was that was very cool to see. Yeah, it was very fun. Uh, very, <sighs> I was very surprised by that. I'm excited to walk around as the giant giraffe and do stuff. Um... Giraffe is one of them, right? Or is it? It's sort of a. It's. I think it's a camel. Yeah, mm. the big camel. Um, so yeah, you guys have played the demo. Do you want to give me quick thoughts, quick feels? I I haven't played it today. I downloaded it. I did not play it. Um. So for me, as someone who's never really played a Muso type game before, uh, this was a. A pretty enjoyable first experience actually um the combat feels pretty tight um the range of attacks though like like the distance that your attack goes out like it was a little bit lower than i was maybe expecting um i felt like i had to get really close to a lot of enemies to hit them but then i would use like my special attacks and i would be wiping out guys who were like 20 feet away coincidentally like it it lacked consistency for me but overall the combat still feels really good um there's this dodge mechanic that like if you time your dodge well uh, you do like a flurry of attacks which i did not play breath of the wild but i I, that's in that right so correct so this is holdover um from that um bringing yeah so uh i'm really bad with the timing with that and that made it very frustrating um i was actually playing it uh on david's couch earlier and i said a few things in frustration (laughs) of me missing these the timing for the perfect dodge to be able to do these attacks and it was it the demo so far seems very forgiving um I haven't felt like I was strapped for health or getting dangerously low or anything. Um, but overall, I'd say it's a pretty good time. Um, the The demo, at least where I played so far, uh, lets you you start out as Link and then a few minutes into you doing some object, uh, objectives and stuff, uh, it lets you switch over to Impa and then you can just switch on the fly back and forth between them. Uh, and that's pretty fun. Uh, they control, or their attacks feel very different, which I like. Um, Link is going to be your standard sword user affair. 
Um, but Impa, she's able to summon, like, a bunch of, like, energy clones of herself. So, like, they do attacks, too. So it feels like it's covering a, a wider area, from my experience, uh, which was, was pretty cool to, to experiment between the two. Nice, Seth. So, um, I'll just give you an, an overview. The, the demo itself, uh, it's, it gives you two story missions. Like you get to play the whole first chapter. So you have two story missions and the second one you get to play as Zelda. Um, Oh, okay. So I haven't gotten there are three challenge missions, which are just like tiny maps that you have to, that have different enemies you have to do. And, uh, a bunch of other little task things. Like, so we, we had seen before the, that the, the mission select screen is like the map from breath of the wild. And there are different, there are, so you have the, your icons for missions and challenges you can do. There are other icons that are just like little, um, I forget there's there's a specific word that they have for it in the game, but they're like these uh prompts that you get of people in in the countryside or wherever who need something to like need specific items to do something um and so you can provide them with them and it'll give your characters upgrades so it's sort of like it's the way they have um incorporated the upgrade system from Hyrule Warriors, the original one where and that one you just went into a menu screen uh and spent the correct currencies that you had to upgrade your characters and this one it's they've given like story reasons for them um and there are also like shops that you can unlock um so it's it's actually a pretty like for a demo there's there's quite a lot to do um i can as a person who played hyrule warriors i can also corroborate what forrest was saying about the way combat feels like it does it feels different. Like it doesn't feel as large. Um, the like the scale of of the worlds are is obviously different. Um, but it it like like you said, it doesn't feel like you are um, hitting like that you, that your reach with your attacks is as big as as it did in in Hyrule Warriors. And I think that's mm. you know I think that's on purpose. They are they're 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 trying to match it to um breath of the wild uh and like i don't think i'm, I'm not saying that it, that as a negative but it is it, it does if you're used to that combat um it does immediately feel different and it's and it's very interesting with link because his move set is essentially the same like his normal and his strong attacks and his combos are like pulled directly from hyrule warriors um, wow. And so th- there is like a one-to-one comparison that you can make of how the the two characters feel, um, and so so that's interesting. Um, uh, Impa and Zelda are kind of confusing to use, but you know it's it it's as 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 I'm sure as I continue to play the game when it comes out, they will no longer be like it. it's it's interesting. And also the the music is another thing. It's not. I was curious what they were going to do with the music. Because the original Hyrule Warriors had like these heavy rock remixes of Zelda themes, um, and so I wonder if they were going to lean into that direction. But it doesn't seem like that. Um, the music that are in the two stages are just—they're not like straight up pulled out of um, Breath of the Wild, but they are uh, different arrangement of 
themes from Breath of the Wild that are still within the style of Breath of the Wild. So, um, so yeah, it's they have significantly toned down the bombast uh, and the kind of just over the topness of of the the Warriors games, um, but it it's certainly still there. Good. So like you can you there there are bits and pieces, um, and there is a little bit. It's interesting the way that the story is delivered. I'm also, oh, okay, go ahead. Also, there, I know they made a big deal about how like this is the canon prequel of Breath of the Wild, but the immediate opening makes you question if that actually is what is happening here. Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, um, we'll see. Uh, and also strangely strengthened my thought that there is going to be parts of this game that uh, that take place post Breath of the Wild. Yeah. Hmm. That's exciting. I like it. That's yeah, <laughs> and it's so it's free. Go get it. Yeah, yeah. And your progress carries over into it the, does. the game, the main game. Um, Though I'm, I'm curious how that works, like. <laughs> If I get a physical copy, I I I wonder if that that data is also going to carry. I don't know. We'll figure it out. I I will tell you because I'm buying Pikmin three on Friday, and Marianne is three days in because she played the demo and loved it, and so she played it on the demo and we're buying it f- physically. So I'll tell you if that carries over. Um. Good. So, was there any other news that you guys could think of? I uh, don't believe so. No. All right. Um, thank you for listening to this long, spooky episode. We were away last week, uh, and we missed you, so we wanted to make this one long and spend as much time with you as possible. So, with that, we appreciate you as always, and we will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. See ya. Goodbye. <laughs>